Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. The moral test for elders, and we see in 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, 2 through 7, this. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed by each and every one of you for choosing to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And as always, we encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith delivers another message from his sermon series entitled, Rethinking Church. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of Galatians, chapter 1. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study. The saying is trustworthy, reliable. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. A desire, what is that? It's, it's an aspiration, it's a sense of duty a sense of responsibility. It's a calling. Why is it called a subjective call? Because you only know that it's there. There's not a sign above your head that says, you know, called by God. It arises in your heart and your soul. You have this sense of responsibility. And you begin to wrestle with it. Maybe other people don't know about it. Maybe your spouse does. Who knows? But while it can't be measured, it can be tested. It can be detected. It must be tested. It's got to be scrutinized. And if credible, affirmed, supported, encouraged, and nurtured. Tested why? Tested how? Well, why and how? A call is a dangerous thing. If it's not answered, you're really opposing God. If it's not there and it's just selfish ambition, it could endanger the church, you know, like wolves arising from within. 
And so we have to be careful. And also, the call may be the beginning of the development of your ultimate ministry. And so it, it's a complicated thing sometimes. Particularly if, if you're being called to be an elder, but what you're saying maybe, well, I'm an 84-year-old grandmother, where does that fit in? Well, God may be drawing you to a particular ministry. He may be drawing you to something else besides an elder because the elder role, according to God's word, is reserved only for men. But what if you have a heart for the lost? Well, I'm 84. Well, yeah, you could minister at a nursing home. You could minister in a lot of places. But what if you have a heart for the lost and you're afraid to evangelize? It seems like a bridge too far. Well, if God is kind of drawing you towards it, maybe it's time to test the heart. I mean, remember Moses tried to push God off when he was called. So how do we know? How do we test that call? How do we evaluate it? And you you find that, number two, in the moral test or the character test. Wait, a moral test, a character test? Call it a maturity test. On what basis? Well, 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 provide a menu of minimum moral or character requirements for leadership. That's why the therefore is therefore. The moral test for elders is applicable to all callings within the church. And we see in 1 Timothy 1, 3 through 7, 2 through 7, this. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. And later it'll go, likewise wives or likewise deacons or similarly are in the same way. These moral requirements would apply to any Christian striving or desiring to enter into some form of ministry anywhere within the church. Paul continues, he must manage his own household well, with all dignity keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church or any other ministry? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders. He can't be a blowhard so that he may not fall into disgrace, into the snare of the devil. You see a similar list in First Timothy, uh, excuse me, Titus 1. And I'm not going to unpack these today, because we've already unpacked them in our study of the pastoral epistles. We've discussed them already. But what you see here in this moral test is sort of a readiness test, a, a, a maturity test, a character test. Somebody may aspire to the office of elder. He may sense a call. But let's say if he's a drunk... Probably, probably something's a matter there. If he isn't particularly friendly, he's not hospitable, that's going to be tough. If he's a new convert, you know it's not the time. Now, you may be a young man who wants to lead a small group or a young woman who wants to lead a small group. How long have you been a Christian? This is part of this test here. And uh, a few months, a few weeks... And do you get frustrated when people ask you those questions out of left field? You know, we always have 
we call them extra grace required people, special people who, you know, when it's time to pray and everybody's praying for five seconds each, they pray for five minutes. Or they talk, talk, talk and don't let everybody else talk. And if you can't manage that, maybe it's not time for you to be in a small group. But maybe it's time for you to apprentice under a small group leader and learn how. And if you're not clear-headed, you can end up like the deer in the headlights. And so these are the tests that are there that you can apply to almost any ministry in the church. And if if you quote-unquote fail, I don't like that word, the objective moral test, it at least calls into question the timing. Right? You may be being called... But that's going to be a journey that you start and you finish over here years later. It's one of the reasons we have a nominating committee, the leadership development team. When people are recommended or for a ministry, uh, they check them out, they vet them, they find out about them. Eventually we talk to them and then uh, they recommend them to the elders for final approval. They do this for every elected position in the church. And sometimes people inwardly sense a call, but their witness indicates and their testimony indicates that now is not the time. They don't yet have the track record that this passage in 1 Timothy calls for. That's why elsewhere it says, let them first be tested or let them first be apprenticed. Now, when we use the term objective moral test, it's a name that also speaks to the fact that you're spiritually where you need to be. And, and so a no right now isn't necessarily a no later on. It's, it's probably a wait. A wait and grow. Wait and learn. Wait and get better and more equipped. Now, when you are given the character test, so to speak, uh, you may get an affirmative. I mean, it's not all negative. I mean, I don't want to even give you the impression of that at all. And so that may end in the happy answer, oh yeah, this is, this is the right direction for you. We see it. Which leads to uh, another test. Uh, test number three is the teaching test. That refers to elders, but you could also call it the skills test for other people, not to oversimplify. But once again, in 1 Timothy 3, 2, after the therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. You know, last week we talked about the multifaceted role of elder, shepherd, pastor, overseer. They protect the sheep, they feed the sheep, and they teach. They have to be able to articulate the gospel. They have to be able to articulate biblical truth. They must be able to teach. Why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And how will they hear without a preacher or a teacher? And how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. Elders or teachers, if they desire this noble task and have all the moral requirements, all the spiritual requirements, all the character requirements, but cannot articulate the gospel, then that is a likely disqualifier at that moment in time. It's not that they won't be qualified later, but they need to develop that gift or that skill that God may have imparted to them. Now, able to teach does not mean that they can teach like George Whitfield or Charles Spurgeon or Alistair Begg or John Piper. It's not it. 
It means that the would-be elder has some innate ability and they show promise. Hillside's elder board, the members, don't all have the same teaching ability. No elder board does anywhere. We're a diverse group of men. Some are seminary trained. Some have been pastors in the past. Some have no homiletical training. Think of us as a softball team with a batting order or a baseball team. Not everyone is the leadoff batter and not everybody bats cleanup. But they all, they all have to hit the ball. And so you sense a call. You're morally qualified, which tests and affirms the possibility that that call may or may not be the call. If you can't teach, then maybe is not the time. And if you're not an elder candidate, then where does the teaching test fit in for you? Well, think of it as a skills test or an aptitude test. It would work something like this, okay? I love to sing. I really do. I really love to sing. Most of you, by God's grace, will never hear me sing. Okay? Some of you sit over here, and, you know, I'm sorry for you, but, you know, because whoever is near me is what I harmonize with. And so I never know what's going to come out of my mouth when I start singing. And sometimes there's, like, kids over here. And sometimes there, there might be a lady over there and might do the Barry Gibb thing, you know. And sometimes there's a man. And it, it just... I kind of drift toward whoever, I could never sing a solo. So you're not going to see me up here, other than, of course, like this. I have no consistency. I have no, I'll just leave it there. So there's not, you know, if I were going to audition for the worship team, there'd be a test, right? I mean, I, I live with musicians. My whole family are musicians. I'd love to play the guitar, but I can't. I have no skill. I don't have the aptitude for it. There's another test. Another, ex, another objective test, number four, we call it the external call. And this is the granddaddy of them all. And so we want to look at Acts chapter 6 for this. And what you're going to see is a series of filters, a series of, of uh, gatekeepers, as it were. And uh, even some kind of nominating action, and even with elder approval, ultimately at the end of that road, so what we have here are the nomination or the calling of the proto-deacons, the first deacons, the first thing like deacons. And here's what it says in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, those were Jews of Greek origin, arose against the Hebrews, Jews who were Jews by ethnicity, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples. They summoned the church and said, it is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. You see, the elders can't do everything in the church. They can't keep up with everyone and everything. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you Seven men, moral test, of good repute, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. You see the aspect of a duty here. You know, they're going to they're need to be qualified for this. Verse 4, but we, we as the apostles, today as elders, 
will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose. The congregation chose. Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. Then they, they were set, these were set before the apostles. And they, the apostles, prayed and laid hands on them. Now notice what's going on here. This isn't a popularity vote. And it's not this where somebody says, I have this gift and I'm going to use it the way I want to within the church. And I want this job. I want to serve on this ministry on this day and this way. And I will not serve anywhere else or any time else or anywhere else or anything. It's not what's going on here. There's a series of filters. What do we have? We have church nomination. These, these men were put forward by the church. And there's an affirmation and a potential elder veto there. Because there, there aren't apostles today, right? So note, we have recognition of moral requirements, men of good repute. We have maturity, full of the spirit and full of wisdom. Men well thought of. We have an affirmation finally by the apostles. Whom, they say, whom we will appoint to this duty. And then they laid hands on them after praying. The external call, that's where the church says, you ought to be in ministry. And it might start small, because it might start at the beginning of your spiritual journey, where people recognizing your gifts give you encouragement to serve. People suggest or ask you to serve. You move from the anonymity of the seats out here into the aisles, into a visible ministry. You have that internal call. There's this external call by the church via a nominating process. You've passed the moral test. You maybe passed the aptitude test, the skills test. And, and may, if you're an elder, you're apt to teach. And if you're something or someone else, you're apt to serve in this other role. Our point is we can affirm or test a call when you sense a call. And it can be attested to and affirmed and encouraged by the local church where you spiritually have grown up and where you've pitched in. Some people call this affirmation recognition. Others, the laying on of hands. And who knows better than the local church? The fact is, everyone needs to serve somewhere. And who knows better where the needs are than the local church? So if you're considering entering into some form of ministry in this church or if you're visiting the church back home, You can test drive it. How? Well, spend a semester volunteering in ministry A, B, or C. Seeing if it's right for you. Several weeks as a volunteer. Maybe, just maybe, these are the first baby steps that you're going to take into into some form of ministry. Maybe it's not vocational ministry. Maybe it's volunteer ministry. But what will happen is, along the way, you'll get a little feedback And maybe as you progress, it's time to ask around, look, I'm considering this ministry or that ministry. What do you think? What do you really think? Am I cut out for this? You talk to people. You get wisdom. Proverbs says, where there are many counselors, there's safety. Everyone has a call. Regular church people do. Elder candidates have a call. And this call can be tested and validated. Even congregational members voting on elder candidates have a call 
to vote soberly and seriously after much reflection and prayer. I want you to understand, do you understand the weighty implications of your vote in so many directions, whether it's for a bylaw change or the budget or whatever? That's a, there's a call there to seriousness. So what do you do with all this, really? Well, let me review the four tests as appli- and we'll work toward application. Number one, what do you do with the inner call or subjective call? Test it. Test it. Listen to it and test it. Secondly, there is a moral and maturity test. Test it too. Examine yourself. Ask others to give you feedback. Three, there is a teaching or an aptitude test. You can gauge that as well. Others can help. And fourth, the final objective test where the church gets behind them. Recognizing a call, realizing that you may have a calling to a particular ministry and affirming that call after a process. So, are you called to ministry? Well, if you're born again, saved, you are. The question is, where? Be on the lookout. And remember, you were saved to serve. Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport, and everybody gets to play. And the pews are not the bench. You're not to be a bench warmer. So why are you here? Are you an evangelist? Evangelize or teach others to do so. You want to learn how, how to get in the evangelism game, so to speak? Volunteer for the low team. Get trained. Get equipped. You may grow into a teacher. And so ask yourself, what role will I play? Where do I fit in here? Ask yourself and others while you think about it. Ask those who really know you the same question. I'm leaning in this direction. Do you think it's a good idea? And stop waiting to be asked to volunteer. You know, don't, don't ever come to me and say, well, I've been waiting. No one's asked me X, Y, or Z. I would say, as we say in the South, well, bless your heart. And that means five different things. And, it's, and four of them aren't good, okay? Now, don't stand in the middle of a hallway and expect people to come up and just flock to you and ask you to do stuff. It's a fool's errand. So stop waiting to volunteer. Do you aspire to the office of elder, overseer, shepherd? Are you sensing a call? Test it. Come forward. We can help on a safe scale. Are you sensing a call? That's good. But how's your witness? And a congregation member, do you see a capable man? Does he need encouragement? Maybe give him a little push? Talk to him directly? Affirm his leadership? Congregation member, pray for the slates of candidates when somebody's up for election. Pray for yourself before you vote. Pray for the right outcome. You see, everybody here has some role to play. Everybody here has a call to volunteer to serve Christ willingly. And we need to embrace that call, even if we have to start small with little baby steps. Let's pray. Father, Help us, Lord. Help us to sense your call. Help us to embrace your call, whatever it is, to serve where we're needed. Sometimes, Lord, we want to serve over here, but we're needed over there. Help us to be humble enough to do that. Sometimes we have all these obstacles we put in the way, Lord. Help us to sweep them aside because we love Jesus. 
And Lord, I pray for each and every person here who's leaning towards the ministry. I pray for the future elders of this church, the elders that we have now, Lord. Make us sufficient for the church that the Holy Spirit has given us to shepherd. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. And if you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408 269 4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live Radio program is a listener supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. Amen.